Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. We'd like to welcome Giri Govardhan Prabhu. Haribo! Thank you, Prabhu. So since uh, Prem Niketan Prabhu is here, he is uh, also new, but not that new. He came for five months ago from Nepal also. He is a singer. Everyone agrees? Yes? So, so one thing he was telling me that we don't have enough people to, you know, play Mirdanga, sing, to give support. You know, I know we have Nimai and many other kids, but they are not always here. So you like to be start, uh, you know, if anybody wants to learn harmonium or mirdanga, so soon we'll be organizing uh, some sort of classes. So if anybody's interested, you can see me or, or Prem Niketan Prabhu. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Vanchikopa Trubyas Chakrapa Sindhubiya Chapatitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Omagasya Gihanjana Shalakaya Chakshura Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha so, I found the title of the, the talk today on the wall at the Gita Nagari, written on the wall of the Prasadam Room in Gita Nagari, our temple there in, in, in near Port Royal, Pennsylvania. I think it was something that uh, His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Swami used to use. And he said the ego, he took it as an acronym for edging God out. <laughs> and I thought that was fairly clever. I'm not sure if he came up with that or if he found it someplace else, but he used to use that. And uh, so I'm going to, well, so I'm gonna, I want to talk a little bit about the ego, or Prabhupada usually calls it the false ego, because we have a real ego also. But, uh, these, but it doesn't work for the acronym <laughs> to put the faults in there. And there's a, there's, there's a verse in the, uh, we'll, we'll start with the, uh, well, you know, it's, a, it's a strange phenomenon that happens, okay? That in, in, in fact, everything that exists is Krishna. There's a, 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 a unity in one sense. And Krishna talks about this in the ninth chapter of the Gita, how he says that he's like, this, he's like the wind blows through the sky. So everything that exists is like is within him. He says, it's within me, my existence. And he says, but look at my, my mystical power. I appear to be separate from that. I seem to appear to be inside it, inside this, this the creation. But he says, it's all me. He says, it arises from me. Yeah, I'm the source of everything. He's the controller of everything. So there's a, a power of existence. It's called sat. And Krishna is, is the source of that sat. You know? So anything that exists is part of is Krishna's existence. And in the, in the purport to the first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Prabhupada talks about like the, the, this, this material world as being like an, uh, an external body of Krishna. 
he says like our, our bodies we know we, we have two things we, we can directly perceive them and we can control them and so even though the, the, the all the material universes seem to be outside of Krishna he can experience them directly this is in, in the verse and he also he can control them so it's like an external body almost in Krishna so it's all Krishna but there's all this diversity within this this unity and we're all connected. And so because it's all Krishna, we're all connected. And in the Bhagavatam, it says like, like, the, like all the creation is like a gigantic tree. And Krishna is the root of the tree. So we're all connected. And so it's strange that in spiritual life, sadhana, it says it's, it's supposed to be helping us to remember God and not forget him. So it's a strange, puzzling circumstance. If, if we're all connected, if God is everything, I mean, we know that, that the form of God is, is living within us. It's within the heart. In the Upanishads, it says it's, it's like the soul and, and the super soul, Paramatma, are like two birds in one tree. So it's not even that you know, God's far away, but he's right there in all of us. And even in small, even within atoms, we're just surrounded. And yet, we have to make an attempt to remember. That's surprising. So that takes a certain something to make that surprising thing take place. Right? You look for a cause. Well, something surprising, you think, well, what, what is it? How can that be? And so that's given to us in the, it's the chapter 3, text 27 of Bhagavad Gita. Prakrite kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashaha ahankara vimudatma kartaham itimanyate. So the, the prakrite, gunai prakrite, says that this is the, like the forces of nature. Okay? Forces of nature. And this is their kriyamani, they're, they're being done. What? Karmani activities, all these various activities are being done by the forces of nature. But, he says, there's ahankara vimud atma. So ahankara, this is the, this is the agency. It's, it's, uh, it, um, it comes from, uh, ahang means I, and kara means like to do. Like a, the, a word for servant is kinkara. Because kim means what? So someone who says, what? What do you want me to do? Right? That's kinkara. So ahankara is something that gives the idea of I. Makes it, it's the I maker. It creates I, a notion of, of, of individuality. And he says that causes the soul, atma, because it's vimuda. Muda means bewilderment, uh, 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 lack of knowledge, uh, foolishness, this this sort of thing, and vi is a is an all-purpose intensifier. So it makes the soul very stupid. Ahankara makes the soul very stupid, and what's the external manifestation of that? It says kartaham iti manyate. Me, I'm thinking. Kartaham means I'm doing. It's being done by me. It says that actually, actually things are being done by the forces of nature, but, that, but because of, of, of ahankara, 
we're thinking manyate, that it's kartaham. I'm doing it. So I'm sitting here, you know, I'm speaking into the microphone. I can move my arm, right? I can lift my arm up this way and I can put it down again. I'm deciding. But this way, this way, this way, both. I'm doing it. I'm thinking like that. But Krishna is saying, actually, it's being done by the forces of nature. It's not being done by me. It's only because I have a, a bewildered sense of self that I'm thinking it's me that's doing the activity. So in the 13th chapter of, of the Gita, it's, it says that there are two things. There's the field of activities and there's the knower of the field of activities. So there's the world and you know, my, for me, the field of activities is here. You know, my, my body and my mind and, and the world around me. I can do things in there. Because then there's the knower of the field, the one who's experiencing. And they're different. And they're separate. So when my body moves, this is the field of activities. It's not me. It's reacting to my desire. But you know, these days you they can you can make like artificial limbs, and you can you know, put a little something on your head that will pick up your brain waves, and you can think about having that arm move, and it moves. Are you moving it? It's reacting to your thought. It's mechanical. So is your body. So this, this notion of being isolated, disconnected, and forgetful of God, uh, ahankara, has a cosmic element and a local element to it. And so the cosmic element says, comes at the very beginning when things are created. Is that the, the description given in the, in the Bhagavad Purana of creation is that initially there's an energy called pradhan, which is completely inert, the material energy, completely inert when there, at the time there's no material creation. And it says the Mahavishnu glances over that energy with the glance of time and puts individual souls into it and causes it to start to come active. And when it activates, it's called Mahatatma, the great principle. And then from there, what comes? Ahankara. And Ahankara, in the Tamaguna, the mode of ignorance, becomes all of the, all of the elements of creation. So there's, right, there, there, there's you know, earth, all the mat matter, physical matter. Right? There's water, all liquids, right? There, you know, there, there's the air, all the gases, right? right? There, there's a fire, all radiant energy, right? And there's space, ether. It comes from ahankara. It's creating the field of activities. Right? The mode of passion comes buddhi. So, the the way that that uh, our our apparent selves are organized according to, according to the, the Bhagavad Gita is you, you have a physical body, which we're all well aware of, 
And then you have you know, the, the psychological part of yourself. And it's divided into three in, uh, in, in the Gita. So there's manas, the mind where we have our various thoughts are coming through. Uh, there's buddhi, which is more like, it's like what it's your power of understanding. Your power, it's, it's, in one hand, it's, it's how you recognize things. Like may, maybe, maybe if I'm walking down the street and I don't expect to see Balaka there, I may see him without recognizing him because I don't expect it. And I go, oh, I didn't expect to see you here. The booty just happened, I recognized him. You know, where before I, I saw, but there's, there's seeing without, cognition without understanding. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I, you know, I pull out an object out of my pocket and say, what is this? And you'll say, oh, it's that. Also, it's our a, a ability to conceptualize. You know, when, when somebody hit, say, oh, now I understand. You know, the eureka moment, that's coming from buddhi. It also incorporates kind of our world view. Is the, hmm? And then the third one is ahankara. It's, oh, then, there's, then there's mind, buddhi. And then there's, there's the our identity, ahankara. Is that, that's the local manifestations. All right? So it says that when the, when, the, when, the, when the knower of the field comes in, it's like their memory is wiped. It's like this amnesia. You no longer know who you really are. And you come up and you're in this, in your, in your body. You have a mind, you have intelligence. Right? And eventually you develop an identity. You're, you're, you, know, you have certain kind of core likes and dislikes. Your personality is there. That's who I am. You know, who are you really? And you look and there's really some core things about you that you feel and believe. And that's, you know, this is the ahankara. So you, you, you think you know who you are. You have a, you know, through many lifetimes, you build this up, this whole, whole new identity. And we think that's what we are. Because of the power of ahankara blocks our view of our real self. So there's a power, it's called avaranatmaka, that, that gives us basically amnesia. And it draws us in, right? You wake up and don't know who you are. But well, this must be me, right? Because I'm moving, I'm, I'm perceiving my thoughts. This must be me. That's what we're thinking. But the real you is who's, what's perceiving things. Soul is, has an identity and is actually just the conscious part. And it's causing this feeling of being disconnected and isolated. We all have our individual lives. I mean, even some people are taken so far to think that maybe I'm the only existent person, right? Solipsism, right? Like, you know, when we dream, right? I'm there and everybody else is part of my dream. Who's to say anybody else really exists? We feel that isolated sometimes. So Krishna says that this, the source of our awareness, that's soul. And what we're aware of is part of the, the field of activities and the equipment that we have to act on the field of activity. And it's the power of ahankara that keeps us from understanding our real self and understanding that we're all connected in this larger creation of God's creation. And being and keep us keeps us from being aware of God's presence, constant presence. Mm-hmm. 
And where that really, and this, and this, this power of ahankara is very powerful when we want to turn ourselves towards spiritual realization. So it's, a, it's, a, it's really, if you want to talk about spiritual realization, it is really the turning down and turning down and turning down and eventually getting rid of this, this ahankara. Spiritual restoration means removing that. In the in the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a verse that, that that says, you know, if we're not experiencing spiritual ecstasy when we're chanting Hare Krishna, so it means that we have this heart that's as hard as uh, one place Prophet says steel framed, and in the Chaitanya Charitamrita he translates it as solid iron, and the word itself Ashma Sara means like rock. So anyway, hard-hearted, <laughs> any way you want to slice it. <laughs> we have this hard heart because there's me and I'm isolated and then there's the rest of us. I don't feel that, I naturally don't feel, you know, I may feel connected to some people, right? but oftentimes other people are a trouble. <laughs> so I'm caught in this little, and usually when we, you know, it's a, if, if we decide to be interested in Krishna, what do we do? We bring Krishna into our life. We decide to let him into our life. Now, it's a good thing if we do that. But from a broader perspective, it's insane. The reality is, we're a little tiny part of Krishna's life. So how are you going to bring Krishna into your little life, a little bit into your life? But that's how, that's how we have to begin. Let him in. Okay, maybe he can be of help to me. Maybe, you know, sometimes I have trouble. Maybe Krishna can help me. Maybe I, there's some things I need I can't get. Maybe Krishna can help me. Let me bring him in. Maybe he can do something for me. Do something for my life. Right? It will be beneficial for me to have Krishna enter into my life. Right? So this is good. This is a, this is a, this is a, you know, it's the start we can make. So, but, but from a broader perspective, the reality is we're a tiny speck of Krishna, and we're created by Krishna. The rest of the world is created by Krishna. It's his world, and we're a little tiny part of Krishna's world. So because of this power of ahankara, we've got it backwards. This is my life, my world, and maybe I'll let Krishna in, in my, if it's useful, if he behaves. <laughs> if he misbehaves, then maybe we kick him up. We fire that guy. <laughs> Right? If he doesn't give us what we want, then maybe we you know, forget that. So we, we, we give him, we bring him in. And maybe if we're intelligent, we, we allow him in more and more. And more and more. So in a local status condition, the lo local effect that we have that we can perceive in our day-to-day -day lives of ahankara is, first of all, the isolation. Isolation from Krishna, the rest of the world, you know, uh, other souls feel this aloneness. That, that's, a, that's a huge overarching um, part of it. The second one is that we want to be somebody. We desperately want to be somebody because here we are, right? We're all here, and there's so many other people around, right? We want to think that, there, that we have some significance, we're not useless, that we're something. 
We all want to be something. Feel that we have value. Hope that other people see that we have value. Right? We're small, but we need to have, that's because of that we feel we need to have, we need to have some legitimacy. We've got to be somebody. We'd like to be somebody great if we could, perhaps. Oftentimes that's not such an option, but at least we want to be something. The other thing is we want to take credit. Be able to take credit for whatever good things we have. And that carries over into our spiritual lives and causes tremendous blockages. It's a fact that those who are genuinely spiritually advanced, they don't think of themselves as special. And they don't think of themselves as being, having great expertise or have attained their position because of their great skill or any other intrinsic quality. There's a, there's Lord Chaitanya outlines the spiritual path in his Shikshastika. And the, the fifth verse is, is somebody who's extremely advanced. They're almost reaching the level of perfection. And that person asks, prays to the Lord. He says, please, I'm fallen in the ocean of, of the material world, this miserable ocean. Please, with your mercy, pick me up and place me as like a speck of dust at your feet. So the mood there is helplessness. He's not saying, yeah. At that point, somebody is really intensely serving Krishna, has intense spiritual practice, realization. Says that they're able, says the their consciousness is so polished. The cheto darpan, the marginum, the, 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 the polishing of the mirror of the heart is so much that Krishna sometimes appears, a reflection of Krishna appears in their heart. And they're not feeling, yeah. And their service is so intense. It says they're addicted to Krishna. Asakti, attachment or addiction. But they're thinking, I'm helpless, Krishna, you help, you please help me. And they want just to be a little tiny speck. Because they understand, so he, he they're, they're praying to be a little small part of Krishna's world. And they have deep, you know, humility, compassion, tolerance, forgiveness, and pridelessness. Because we are working under the, this notion of pride and low self-esteem. We want to be somebody. And when we feel like we're somebody, we feel good. Somebody praises us and says, oh, we feel good. Oh, I'm somebody. And somebody says something hurtful to us, and we think, oh, no. And we're in pain. And we, this is cycling back and forth. And it's connected so much to the mind. Right? If somebody blames you for something, immediately, no, 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 it wasn't my fault. <laughs> immediately the mind is working. And if somebody's praising, oh, yes, of course, finally somebody notices me. <laughs> you know? Really? You know, yeah. You know, so the mind and the, and the, and the self-esteem are just like right hand in hand. You know? They're really focused. So, so much of our life is, is about this. 
You know, so much of our life is about that. Because we're small and we're disconnected, we don't feel where is our worth coming from. And because we're disconnected from Krishna, we don't know that Krishna sees us as he says that we're his parts. Mamivangsho, small parts that are dear to him. That we're very small compared to Krishna and compared to the whole world. And we're not special in one sense, but Krishna thinks we're special. Krishna's, his heart is that way. So we can't, when we think that Krishna loves us unconditionally, which he does, all of us, so we can't think, oh, it must be really something, if we have any idea who Krishna is, then we know there's no way we can deserve that. But we know that it's a fact and it can never be changed. See, this is the opposite, there's, there's, the pride and low self-esteem, humility is this. When we can understand that the greatest of all, most wonderful of all beings, loves us, and that there's, it's, it's just because he has such a wonderful heart. It's not because we're that great. It's undeservable what we receive, but it's there. And so there's two things that happen at the same time. You feel humbled. You feel very small. Wow, I couldn't have deserved this. But you have it, so you feel wonderful. And so you get out of the cycle of pride and low self-esteem. You can't have pride because you can't deserve it. And he loves everybody. <laughs> and how can you have low self-esteem, even though you're small? Because Krishna loves you. When we feel loved, we feel so much. That's one of the ways that we feel something, feel that we're valuable. So if the most wonderful person is loving you, how do you feel it melts so many things away? So a lot of times when we take up the spiritual path, we bring in these two kind of root desires from the ego, that I want to be something special. I must have discovered this. Right? Krishna must have seen me, noticed me, and picked me. See, because some other people, they don't know about Krishna. Right? So he must have seen me and picked out me. Right? Isn't that a natural conclusion? At least from an egoistic point of view. You know, I could have picked somebody else, but me. But it's very clear from the scriptures that the mercy is causeless. In fact, the greatest mercy comes during the worst period on earth where the people are, have the least qualifications. There's nobody special here. But because of the, of the mercy of Krishna's devotees, we've somehow received that chance. There wasn't anything about us. It's not causing, because it's something, it's not earnable, it's not deservable, it's so valuable. It can't be earned, it can't be deserved. So it wasn't anything about us. And then, if we make some spiritual growth, then we want to take credit. Okay, yeah, I got the, I got the mercy. Krishna gave me the opportunity, but now look what I'm doing with it. See? 
I've got so much knowledge now. I'm working so hard. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing all the different things. Now everybody else is doing like that. So therefore, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm advancing. I'm growing. The whole spiritual path is to remove the ego, and we're speaking with the ego, with the false ego. Yes. And I'm becoming bigger. Right? As I'm advancing, I'm getting bigger and more significant. But advancement means humility. That you are helpless and that you are small but loved by Krishna, as is everybody else. Srila Prabhupada mentioned, he said that, uh, that you know, the real chanting of the holy name is, is like a genuine call for the mother's presence. It's a helplessness. And real, the real motivation for service, if we want to connect with Krishna, it should be a reciprocation with his mercy. We've received a gift. Krishna has revealed himself to us in some way. This is a priceless gift. And through our ego, we think, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? I want to go. I want to go more, more, more. I want to go more, 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 more. Because we don't, our heart is hard, we don't appreciate the gift. And so we start to perform spiritual activities to grow, to get bigger, to advance, and to do these things. When the real humility starts, this real humility starts with gratitude that I have received something of greater value than anything else, and I've done it, it's been given to me as a gift not because of anything I've deserved. So my response, right, when you, if, you have a, if you don't have a really hard heart, when some, somebody or something, you know, you get something, you want to do something back. It's gratitude. If you're grateful to Krishna, you'll think, I've already received something more valuable than I could ever deserve or hope for. Now let me at least do something in return. Let me chant Hare Krishna, let me do something to connect myself to Krishna. But out of gratitude, not that I'm going to make myself something big now. And that mood of gratitude is tasteful to Krishna. That's what we're looking for. He wants a connection. He said, Krishna, I'm going to prove myself. What are you going to prove? Even if we do so much service and so much chanting, what is it? How does it add up to, the, to what we've received? It doesn't. Like, I deserve, I deserve. No. It's priceless. It will always be priceless. And so if we can do something out of gratitude, then Krishna comes and helps us. He's the one who does the work of spiritual cleansing. In the, in the, in the Gita, he says, he's the shining light, the jnana dipena bhashvata, the shining lamp of knowledge in the heart. In the Bhagavatam, he says, the Lord in the heart cleanses the desire for material things from the heart. The whole, in the first verse of the Shishastam, it shows what the holy name does all of these things, all these wonderful transformative things. It's the holy name that does it, not my great chanting. It's the holy name that does it. We don't get any credit. So when we're, when we're trying to do it ourselves, when we're trying to take credit, when we're trying to become special, we're edging God out. We're saying, I can do it. 
thanks for the first, thanks for the opportunity. Now I'm going to run with it. We're edging God out. Even though we're trying to connect with him. <laughs> right? And I'm pushing him away. Right? It doesn't make any sense. It's madness. Okay? Instead we're saying, oh my. Instead if we say, you know, this is amazing, my Lord. How can I be connected with you? How can I be more open to you? How can I be more, be more grateful to you? How can, how can I honor that debt that I owe you? I can't repay it, but let me do something. Something small. Right? They're, they're very advanced devotees because they realize Krishna in a much more tangible, palpable way than we can. Our understanding is kind of intellectual, theoretical, abstract. We don't have such a strong understanding of Krishna. Those who have a deeper experience of Krishna, they realize how valuable it is. They realize how amazing it is that we can come into contact with Krishna. Their gratitude goes to the roof and they realize that whatever they did can do in terms of service or practice never, ever, ever comes close to repaying the gift we've received. There's an indebtedness. And the beautiful thing is that even Krishna, he is so soft-hearted that he feels indebted to his devotees. Indebtedness is a huge element of bhakti. There's no deserving ever. It's always gratitude and indebtedness the highest level of bhakti. There's a, and Krishna does it himself. There's, there's a verse in, in Jiva Goswami's Gopal Champu, which freaked me out when I read it. He says that when Krishna appears on earth, he, once in the day of Brahma, he appears on earth. And uh, he says he, th there are, he, he chooses the husband and wife that have the greatest amount of parental love for him and he appears as their child. And he, says, and he says he feels indebted to them for their love, and therefore he gives himself. That's how he tries to repay the debt, by giving him whole self as their son. And he says, and even then he doesn't think that he can repay the debt. Krishna is more grateful than we are. And we're thinking, I'm doing something special. I'm somebody special. I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. the, the path of, of bhakti is increasing indebtedness, increasing helplessness, and increasingly finding our value in the, in the, in the incomprehensible fact of Krishna's un unconditional love of such tiny creatures. And it's comprehensible only in the fact that Krishna has such a heart. His existence is about love, which causes us both great ecstasy and great humility. I've gone a little bit more than I wanted to, so other comments or questions? Complaints? <laughs> Looks like we may have to be self-serve on the on the microphone here. <laughs> Turn it. There's a there's a button you push. Button. 
so we hold maybe for a moment. Haribo. There you go. Okay. Um, so we yeah we have a we have a humble position right because our Arjun he's he is special he's being born helping Krishna do his pastimes and um, and it, he he presents himself to Krishna on the on the battlefield in Bhagavad Gita my superiors they're they're great men and it would be a shame to fight with them they're exalted mm. and um and he was special we can look at it objectively we Ar we will Arjun's look at him as position. special we will look at him as special yeah but he will not look at himself as special but then as that if you don't fight they're all arranged to die and mm. so if arjun had refused to partake like who how would they have been destroyed Krishna can handle did anything. They so ever, <laughs> did they ever talk about who would take over if Arjun refused to no. do Krishna, I mean, Krishna was. I think Krishna was pretty confident in his powers of persuasion. <laughs> but if not, Krishna, Krishna always has. A, I'm sure he has a backup plan. I don't know what it would be, but you know, Krishna is that way. He, he finds a way. <laughs> I think he was confident in his powers of persuasion, but. <laughs> and and so I'm curious, what happens to a Hankara? when with a, a difficulty where we have to pray to krishna thing extraordinary that's that, that's when that's when the ahankara can be reduced right because when, we're, when we have to cry out for help then we have to admit that we can't do it ourselves. that's what we want to do i can do it myself i'm special i got the talent i'm doing it and then when something hits that you can't and you have to really cry out right then you realize oh <laughs> Oops, maybe not. Maybe I'm not so great after all. Hmm? Yeah. So the helplessness is is the is the sign of real humility. It's part of the, part of the helplessness that, that I can do it myself. That's ankar. So when when sometimes circumstances are arranged where we have to admit that's that's very very healthy for us. It reduces the ankar that way. Anyone else? As I'm, as I'm walking, I'll just say one comment. Shoah Prabhupada in a lecture said, Krishna doesn't have to kill anyone. With one stroke, he can send a tidal wave or an earthquake and wipe out many people at one. There, there was a, 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 a lecture I heard him say also where, where he, he said, yeah, he doesn't have to kill the, kill the demons. He could just kill them by a strong wind. <laughs> so a similar thing, just by forces of nature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so a strong wind. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you for the amazing uh, class. Mm -hmm. So my question is, you know, sometimes you, you know, you're convinced about the philosophy. You know you're convinced about Krishna consciousness. Mm. You want to surrender to Guru. Mm. Everything in Shastra makes sense. Mm. So, you know, at one level from the core of your being, it seems that, you know, okay, I, at some level of surrender, not, not complete surrender, but at mm. least I accept mm. everything that's, that's been taught to me. Mm. But then there's the body and there's the mind and there are these urges which mm. keep coming back. Mm. And so, you know, when we face them, let's say we're doing japa, we face them. It's like, no, I don't want this. I'm convinced. I don't want this to be there. I don't want my mind to go all over the place. I don't want the urges to come back, you know, but they're there. And so, you know, you, you try to persist and you go on. But 
was, I was wondering if you can shed some light on this state that at one level you're convinced, but then these, um, you know, your external, um, uh, your body and mind keep keep bothering you with different things. You don't yeah. want them. You wish, yeah. you, you, you know, wish they would go away. I'm I'm prepared that if they if you were to take away my last greed, envy, it's okay. You take it away. It's fine. Uh, so what is that state, and, and, uh, and what do you kind of do um, it's there? It's called, it's called anishtita sadhana bhakti. And it's, it's, a, it's an expected state because we have a, an incredible amount of momentum. We have been looking at things in a certain way, doing things a certain way, the opposite of a devotional way, for we don't know how many lifetimes. So there's tremendous inertia. That's what's happening there. So we may be convinced, and we may be working against it, but it, it, those, those, those forces are still there. And it, 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 I can tell you why it's expected is that in, in Lord, Sh Lord Chaitanya Shikshastika prayers, he, he, he encapsulates all the whole path of devotional service from the very beginning of, of the beginnings of faith to prema, Krishna prema, in eight verses. Mm -hmm. So therefore, he has to put a lot into a little. And he devotes one whole verse to that, where he, 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 he says... Uh, he says, what's it? Nam nam akari bahuda nijasarjaktish tetrapita niyamatmarane nakalaha etadrashita vakrupa bhagavan mamapi durdaivam idrisha mahajani nanuragaha. He says, first of all, he's, he's expressing his great mercy. Right? You, he's given many names because you know, maybe, maybe you won't want to be stuck with just one. He's given many names. And he's invested them with all his energies. And he's giving them out so freely out of his great mercy. And I don't have attachment. I have nanaragaha instead of anuraga. So this, 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 and so this describes that situation that we have this desire for Krishna. But then we have these conflicting desires. And they're antithetical to each other. Right? Because they're opposite. When, one, when, when, when uh, Krishna consciousness is going up, all these other things seem to melt away. And then when the other ones are increasing, Krishna consciousness seems to melt away. <laughs> so this is called unsteady devotional service, where, where, the, where the mind and the senses are, are taking your, your concentration away. And so the pathway to that, the, the, what, what I see in that second verse, that I kind of, that's why I mentioned it actually kind of already, is there's a lack of gratitude there. Mm. You have such mercy you've given to me, and I'm just like, that's nice. Mm. <laughs> that's nice, mm. you know? And uh, yeah, maybe I'll chant it, but then you know, if something comes up, so you know, forget about it. Mm. And so there, there, there's a, a, what's really missing there is this tremendous gratitude. Mm. And so you know, I think, and, and, other, and otherwise sometimes when we're doing sadhana, Again, we start to think I'm doing it. Okay, now I'm going to chant Hare Krishna. I'm going to do it nicely. I'm going to do service and all this kind of stuff, which isn't all our nice thoughts. But what is our motivation? Is it, is it that we're going to try to prove ourselves? Is it that we're going to try to make advancement to please for ourselves? Is it that we're going to try to take credit for what we're doing? I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. We, 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 t we talk about, sometimes we, I think it's an artificial dichotomy. We, all, we talk about mercy, on the other hand, we talk about effort. I think this is an artificial dichotomy. Because it's not like, we, if we depend on mercy, we're just, okay, Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> and then and otherwise, effort, we're, 
working really hard. But actually, if we have gratitude for Krishna, realizing that we're helpless, right? That it's not my great service or my great chanting that's doing the, it, the helping us to advance, but it's, it's a, a continuation of Krishna's mercy, and I'm grateful. Then you will do all those things. You will chant. You will do service because you're feeling gratitude. But you're not taking credit for it. And actually, you're not even thinking so much about advancing, but you're thinking about, look, Krishna, look how much you've given me. Let me do a little something here to, to show my gratitude. And that opens the door for Krishna's mercy to increase. See, when we're, when we're thinking, I'm doing it, we're pushing, I'm going to make the big effort. I am the doer. Kartahamiti manyate, that we're throwing the false ego in front and then blocking Krishna's mercy. So somebody who has tremendous gratitude works harder than somebody working on the egoistic platform. They, don't, they're, they're, they know that Krishna's mercy is the thing that's doing everything and that my little contribution is, is disproportionate. It's just a little, I'm chanting Hare Krishna. Like, what's it doing? How hard is that? Doing some sort of, how hard is that? But the cleansing the heart is hard. And Krishna, the holy name is doing that. Krishna's in that. So I'm not deserving or earning or doing anything. But I'm showing, I'm at least, I'm at least acknowledging Krishna's mercy and trying to, trying to you know, express some gratitude for that, that I've, I've received it and let Krishna take it. And Krishna then will make you advance much more, much more quickly. And it's what Krishna wants. You know, Krishna wants, he wants bhakti. Which I, I, I read this, uh, this uh, uh, in, in um, uh, a friend of mine turned me on to the, this part of uh, uh, Srila Bhakti Thakur's Jaiva Dharma, where he defines bhakti as a tender feeling towards Krishna. And so when we're taking it and running with it, right, going to make the big effort, we're thinking, yeah, thanks, Krishna, but now I'm, I got this. But when we're grateful, we have this great, it's a tender feeling towards Krishna. That's the bhakti. And that's what Krishna wants. And he responds to that and he gives more. So that's what's happening to us. We're getting caught in the special thing and the taking credit thing. And that's really what's happening. I think we start, and gratitude then morphs into genuine humility, indebtedness. And, you know, it's, it's, the remedy from that is through the third verse of the Shikshastakam. Okay? Oh, okay. See? It's, 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 it, 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 when you reach the, 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 the uh, kirtaniya sadahari, that's nishta. Mm. That means you're not going back and forth. You're still troubled. You still have other desires, but your intelligence is such that you keep doing it. Mm. In the next stage, ruchi, says then the practice becomes really tasteful. Mm. There's ruchi, really strong, it, it, tasteful. And then when, when things come up, you say, no, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. And the next one, those things don't come up. <laughs> okay. That, that is a lot to be grateful for because when we perceive how deep-rooted our anarthas are, like really, really deep-rooted, and to, to go from the second verse then down to the, to the later verses that you're mentioning, yeah, that's a lot to feel humble about and a, yeah. a lot to, um, so, yeah, yeah, if you can do that in one lifetime, that's... <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's, just, it's just how we begin. If we can start with that gratitude mm. and, realizing that we're, and, and realize that we're helpless, we're grateful, and we're helpless, mm. then we will, we will do, we will practice our sadhana with, with you know, some enthusiasm, really, yeah. you know, because we've already received so much. Yes. And then we receive so much more in return, you know. And so it's possible to be lower than the, 
preferences the downtrodden grasses, you know? Because, again, this is the humility, not low self-esteem. Mm. That you're beginning to realize that Krishna loves you, how Krishna cares for you, and how little you deserve that. Mm. So you feel very, very small, but it's very, very happy. Because <laughs> you're secure, you're protected, you're valued. Right? So you're tiny, but you don't feel bad. Being lower than the grass doesn't mean you feel badly about yourself. You feel like you're the most fortunate possible. But you put Krishna so great, you feel so tiny. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then you're willing to, to allow Krishna to do things you don't want him to do. Vu <laughs> 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 was saying, right, what happens when you know, the things happen you know, that, that you can't handle? And then Krishna throws things at you. Because at first we're saying, okay, you know, Krishna's going to, he's my buddy, he loves me, then my life is going to go smoothly. Yes. Right? What if he doesn't? <laughs> right? so then you have to decide are you going to fire him right? I got to get somebody else in here to take care of my life <laughs> handling that No. so then you say no Krishna you know, I, I know that you are able and willing that you have only my benefit in mind so if I'm experiencing something difficult this is for my benefit to have faith in, enough faith in him to do that so it makes you go deeper Right? That this, this is removing some of the of these, of these other obstacles, is revealing other, other blockages, and it's going to take it away. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's wonderful. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. But, um, anything else? We're kind of going over time. I don't want to keep people... It's a sin to keep people from prasadam, I think. <laughs> I don't want to be guilty of this. <laughs> we started a little late. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for your patience and years. Thank you.